Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Lit AF Podcast with me, your host, Sarah Cohan. As always, I'm so excited to be here with you this week, and today's guest is just amazing as always. Today, I am so excited to introduce you to Helen Vonderhyde. She is an Akashic Records reader as well as teacher, coach, all the things, and she used to train with Linda Howe, and now she's gone on her own and created her own program that she talks about today, and I just love it because she talks about how to connect to the Akashic Records in your own way and really honoring your own way, which I think is just so cool. So we talk about what the Akashic Records are and how to tap in and who's using the Akashic Records, maybe without even realizing it. I was so surprised to hear that. That was really cool. And it really like kind of framed a lot of things for me about the Akashic Records. So that was really neat. So I can't wait to get into this episode. But first, of course, as always, I want to do my check-in, my weekly check-in with you. And actually, my check-in is going to be about this week's podcast guest. So Helen explains the Akashic Records in such a way that... I don't know, it just really clicked for me this time around. And I full disclosure, like I read on the Holisticism website like maybe a year ago run by Michelle Pelazon. She's been a guest on the show. Highly recommend listening to that episode. But she has a wonderful blog post about how to connect to the Akashic Records. So I read that and I was like, I'm just going to go do it. And it's the prayer by Linda Howe. And spread the prayer, sat down, tried to connect. And I got nada. I was just hearing my own voice in my head trying to answer my own questions. And I was actually asking about pricing for a a proposal that I was doing for um, consulting work. And it actually like ended up being like a pretty miserable situation. Not miserable, but like it ended up not being so great. I like sent the proposal for way too high. The client was like blown away by the pricing. Like it led to this deep, bigger conversation. Obviously didn't work with them, but it, it was a very educational experience. So thank you, Akash, if that was the whole point of that. Appreciate you. What the fuck? You can give your lessons like a little smoother, please, next time. But that being said, I just kind of was like, great, the Akash like is for other people. I'll connect through guides. Like, that's fine. But speaking with Helen, I just realized the way that she spoke about it was just that even though the Akashic records to her are technically like indescribable, like there aren't human words for it, on the other hand, there it might be a lighter touch than I was expecting. So I was like, pretty much expecting connecting to the Akashic Records to be like an acid trip, like full on visual displays. Like I'm levitating off the ground and like, like just shapes and rainbows and colors and things are passing through me. And I feel like an entirely different person at the end of it. Like I went on a rocket ship. Like that's kind of what I was expecting. (laughs) after I talked to Helen, I realized that like, it's just, it can be as subtle as coming home. And when she said that, I started thinking about like what it feels like literally to come home. 
And it just feels like comfort, safety, warmth. I usually get excited to come home, especially after a long trip. I'm like, "Mm, I can't wait to get into my comfortable bed that's just for me and everything is exactly the way that I placed everything and all of that. So after hearing that, I really rethought about how to connect to the Akash. And when I say Akash, I'm also like kind of really thinking about divine source, universal consciousness, the universe, creator, God, like all of those words, I think to me are actually a little bit interchangeable and whatever, you might have some issue with that. But that's my belief. And After I realized that like, okay, maybe connecting to the Akash is like coming home and it's maybe like this finer touch, I realized that like, yeah, I've been connecting this whole time. I just didn't know how to listen because I was trying to listen for like volume 11 and it was maybe turned up to volume one because I didn't know how to speak to it directly. So it's been a really fun journey. I downloaded Helen's Blueprint um, Blueprint Prayer, which is really cool because you design your own incantation. I'm using the word incantation. That seemed weird, but it seemed right at the same time. It's like a prayer, but it's also like speaking to the universe. So after doing that, <laughs> I told my husband, I'm like, oh, I've been connecting this whole time. And the feeling, if I could describe it, connecting to the Akash is this warm, tingly sensation that I get when I'm in Shavasana after like a really good yoga practice. So (laughs) when I'm in Shavasana, sometimes I just think about like how we're all connected, like the whole world and nature and animals and spirit and like all of us are in this like cosmic vortex together of like pain and suffering and happiness and joy and everything is meshed into one. And I, whenever I think of that, I'm like, I actually like feel it right now while I'm talking about it. I get this like really warm, tingly sensation on my skin and inside of my body, like all the way through my bones. So I've been like playing around with that and just trying to experiment with the different clairs, which is totally new for me. I'm having a blast. I feel like intuition is very much related to clairs. I am feeling like I'm clairsentient. I am clairsentient. I don't know why I'm like lagging on trying to say that. Clairsentient. I am clairsentient. There. I declared it. It's here. It's here. You heard it here first, friends. So I've been playing around with like what that means and how I'm interpreting certain things and how that connects me to other people and other spirits and all of that. And like, it's just such a wonderful grounding of a basically like a Disneyland fantasy that I had about spirituality and universal consciousness. So I'm really excited to be here. I'm really glad that Helen was on the podcast. I hope that you find what she says as inspiring as I did. And I really hope that you enjoy the episode. So that's my check-in and my announcements for today are if you are interested in following along with what I'm up to, please check out my website. I've got an amazing free meditation for you. It's called the Keep Calm and Carry On Meditation. And this meditation is all about dropping into your feelings that you are maybe avoiding or not realizing that you are actually feeling. I get that one a lot. Or if you just really want to cultivate a practice to honor and explore your emotions daily. I do this meditation every single night. And I love this meditation because 
on my attachment style journey, I really swung to the dismissive avoidance side, which really means avoiding feelings and not being able to talk about them, which is hilarious that I'm clairsentient because it's all about feeling. So anyway, you really want to open up those feelings in a powerful way because that is the entire human experience. Also could be fucking with your clairs. Also will help you with your attachment style. So this really is, I created this meditation in mind for dismissive avoidant leaning folks. And all of us at some point can be dismissive avoidant. So if that doesn't resonate for you, try it. Just try it. I, it's like, it's a fun one. I love it. It's gentle. And it'll help you explore your feelings. So to access that, go to sarahcohan.com forward slash free tools. And you'll see it right there on the website. And you can also sign up for my email list uh, and see what's, what I have got going on. Magnetic AF membership will be opening up very soon. The first month has been amazing. Today we just had a new moon ritual ceremony for the new moon in Cancer. It was divine. We did some work on um, healing our mother wounds and really accessing deep into mother nature to find out and really uncover what we need moving through in our journey. It was just amazing. So membership is closed right now, but it will be opening soon. So get on that email list and you will be the first to find out when it's reopened. I'm excited this week to announce the winner of the um, 90-minute psychic reading that Zipporah Krupnik gave away, which is amazing. Her interview was so good. Highly recommend listening to it. And I didn't do an episode last week, so I'm announcing the winner this week. And I wanted to pull the winner on air. Not that this is live or anything, but I just thought it'd be more fun. So I am putting in the random number generator to see who's going to win. And the winner is number eight, who is Kate Jensen. So Kate, congrats on winning this amazing giveaway. Zipporah is, oh my God, she's just, her presence alone is very grounding. So I hope that you enjoy and thank you everyone who participated in the giveaway. All right, that is it for my announcements and my check-in. So without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. All right. Welcome to Lit AF, Helen Vonderheide. I'm just so excited to have you here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. Yes. Oh, we're going to have a wonderful conversation. Before we get into our conversation, I do want to just introduce Helen. Helen Vonderheide is a premier Akashic Records educator, practitioner, and speaker. After many years of studying and teaching the Akashic Records to countless students, Helen has developed an innovative and inclusive approach to accessing the spiritual resource of infinite wisdom. Oh my gosh. I am just like so excited to talk about the records with you, hear more about what you do, and we're just going to get into so much good stuff today. I know. I can feel it. As you were saying that, I was like, oh wow, this is going to be fun. Yeah. It's going to be fun. I can't wait. I'm just, yeah, I'm here for it. So, okay. Tell us about what you do as an Akashic Record reader and teacher, and then um, let's get into the Akashic Records. What are they? How do you define them? 
when I came to the records and somebody else read them for me, I felt like whoever she was talking to knew me better than I knew myself. And that was so profound because I've never experienced anything like in this human experience that had known me on such a deep level. And everything that was revealed to me was so illuminating. And it also sort of got me out of my head. It brought me back to my center. And it's so hard to articulate that because it's such a visceral feeling inside. But I felt so grounded and clear of myself because whoever she was talking to reminded me of who I was at that deep level, which you can't intellectualize. Like you can feel that through vibration and maybe there's words that can match the feeling, but it really was just this feeling experience. And it just kind of got me back into myself. And I was like, oh my God, I, I want to share this with the world. I want to share this with people. And I want to teach people that they also can experience this for themselves. So that's why I became a practitioner. And then also I went on to become a teacher because as I was sharing this with people one-on-one, there were people that wanted to learn how to do this for themselves. And I was like, yes, and I want you to have access to this. Um, at the time, there, there was no teacher that I was aware of in Los Angeles. The woman that taught me came from Chicago. And that's why I became a teacher because I was like, we can't keep bringing you out to Los Angeles every time I have a group of people that want to learn. Like we need a teacher here now. So that's why I went on to pursue training. That's so cool. So talk to us a little bit about, I want to go back to this, this first reading and just feeling like so understood. Was it like meeting a friend for the first time where you like know that like you just understand each other, like you just click? Or I'm curious if it was like that feeling of like being heard, like deeply heard when you're so, so, so authentic. And it's just that magical feeling of like, oh, someone gets me. Like, was it at all like that? It was like that and so much more. One thing that came to mind as I was teaching the Akashic Records, I would hear students say after they access their records for the first time, I feel like I'm home. Or sometimes the guides would say, welcome home. You know what I mean? And so it, it could go both ways. But it's not like home is connecting us to the origin of where we came from. Home is like, I'm felt, I'm understood, I'm known. And there's this non-physical energy that gets me and really understands me at that deep level. So for me personally, I love the way they communicate with me. I know we're going to go into a little bit more detail about how we communicate and who we communicate with when we're in the records, but the groups of energy that I work with, it's like they say words that are not in my vocabulary. They say things that are so unconscious inside of me that you know it's there, but you don't know it's there. And they kind of like, they just uproot it and it doesn't make you feel ashamed or embarrassed. It's almost like, thank you so much for knowing me and helping me see that about myself. Thank you for pointing me in the right direction. It's an incredible relationship experience. And I, and I teach this to my students, like this is an intimate relationship, like no other, like you can't have this kind of intimate relationship with another human being or with an animal or with the earth. This is a non-physical force 
that has always been with us this lifetime or not, or even lifetimes on this planet or not. It really depends on everybody's uh, relationship and connection. But they just know all of you, like all the layers, all the lifetimes. Like they just know your soul. Wow. That's so validating. That just sounds like so incredibly supportive and validating. Yeah. And like kind of like you can relax. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, sometimes they say, you know, like I'll get so down on myself about certain things. I mean, especially right now with this new training that I'm doing, I'm like, oh, I lost my way. I'm not on the right path. Like, I don't know if I should be doing this. And they're like, settle down. <laughs> it's like, take a seat. Let's talk. Okay, here's what's going on. It's not that big of a deal. And I'm like, oh my God, you guys are right. Thank you so much for setting me straight. You know? wow. Oh my God, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> As an entrepreneur, I feel like, every day is just, is this going to work? Is this going to work? I don't know. I have fear. (laughs) So it just sounds like just so relaxing. And also there's something like when they reveal that there is something inside of you that anchors. That's the only way that I can describe it. And it will be different for every person. But when they reveal that wisdom, it just anchors in every aspect of who I am as a human being where I feel so grounded and I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm so ready to face the day and all that stuff that was eating away at me, it just falls away and, and everything is so clear. That is so amazing, which makes me so glad that you were teaching this. So I want to um, jump back a little bit to that too. So you started teaching in LA and I'm just curious after that kind of where has your trajectory gone? Yes, I was. Oh my God. I, uh, I taught so many students in Los Angeles and and beyond, you know, there, I have a lot of students in Northern California, but really there's a lot all over the world. So essentially when I was in Los Angeles, I previously had been teaching Linda Howe's way of accessing the records and she's an incredible teacher. I recognize that I wouldn't be where I'm at without her. She's like, a very loving person. As I was teaching her work, I started to see this split where half of my students would be able to access their records no problem. Like it was like in like Flynn. But then there was another side that was struggling. Like I'm not getting anything. It's just an empty void. I'm not really sure. And I would workshop that with them. But their struggle, and I think any teacher can relate, and we're all teachers. <laughs> Or anyone empathic, but when a student struggles, it sort of becomes your struggle and you want to fix it. Even though it may not be your responsibility, you want to fix it. You want to figure out how can I support this individual to have a connection and experience that I know they can have. And I started to see certain limitations in how I had been trained. And so I started to kind of deconstruct that and look at like, what's really going on? And there were students and clients that would say in readings with me, I'm having a hard time. I don't know what's happening. And in their reading, the guidance I would get is, oh, this way of accessing the records is not a vibrational match for that person. But then their guides would say, oh, don't worry, Helen will get you your own thing, you know? 
separate and outside of their sessions, I would be transcribing whatever I hear in the records. And I'd be like, okay, here's your way of accessing the records. And like, I feel like sometimes that was a good match for people. Sometimes it might not have been. That was happening throughout my years of teaching. And then I got to this point where during the pandemic last year, I really wanted to be near my family and my family needed some additional support. So I moved to Baltimore, Maryland. And when I did that, I started to have more space to really examine this at a deeper level and take a look at my whole past of how I got from when I started to where I was now. And I was like, ah, it's time to do something a little bit different. I have to make this inclusive for everyone. And the only way to do that is to show people how they can develop and create their own way of accessing this resource. So I received this pathway blueprint and that's what I do now. I teach people how to create their own way. And that all started when I moved to Baltimore. Do you feel like being in a new space was inspirational for that? Oh my God, hands down. In fact, I got the guidance from my records because I was so blown away by what came through. I said, oh my God, if I was in LA, I don't know if I would have been able to do this. And and the response I got was, that's why you're not in Los Angeles. You had to be here to do this. And I was like, that makes so much sense. Were you like, I'm going to go to Baltimore and just completely reinvent like how to access the records? Like, no. I know. No. no. <laughs> you know, the reasons I thought I came to Baltimore are not really the reasons I came to Baltimore. Right, 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 right. Of course. Oh, my God. I love that. Oh, talk about leaning into your guidance and your intuition and like doing what you needed to do to take care of yourself so that that could come through. That is so cool. Okay, so we're talking about the Akashic Records. For anyone that's listening, what are they? <laughs> I know. It's like such a foreign thing. But the truth is we're always – tapped in to the records. There is no separation. The records don't exist outside of us. The word Akashic comes from a Sanskrit word, Akasha, which means ether or sky. It just is who we are. Like we are an embodiment of Akasha. So the records become a compilation of all these imprints. So anytime we have a feeling a thought or take action, it will register an impression in the field. Akasha as being the field, the field of energy and information. And so the records are just, it's this catalog of imprints. And there's a lot more to it, but that's definitely the easiest way to define it. And as I mentioned, we're always tapped into it. Being a creative person or just being a person who has ideas or a person who feels like that is Akasha. So what we do when we're working in the records deliberately is we are consciously accessing this information and we'll go in with questions or maybe we'll just go in for a healing or we'll just go in to be curious and explore what it is. But being in the records is kind of like a meditation. It's a very soothing, calming experience that could be different for everyone. But for me, it's very soothing and calming. And then what I do is um, I start to connect with the groups of energy that I communicate with when I'm in the records. And then I sort of work with them and it feels like a conversation. It's like you pick up the telephone, they answer, and then you, it's like you're just talking to this really great old friend who knows you so well and you get everything you're meant to get and you're like, okay, great. See you next time. And then you just kind of close down. So there's a difference. We are always tapped into it and connected to it 
we may be unconscious to that. We may not know that. So what I'm doing is I'm teaching people to be really deliberate about it so that we can see we're an active participant with this resource that's there. So I feel like a lot of intuitive gifts, clairvoyance, claircognizance, clairsentience, all the clairs, I feel like they all tap into, that's like the direct line. That that would be the telephone wire to the Akasha or the Akashic records. Like, is that what all these psychics and intuitives are doing? Like, yeah, they are. It's amazing. I know. No, it really is. But working in, in the records is not exclusively for individuals who have those abilities. So- Anybody can access the records. And if those senses are more heightened or awakened in another person, that will be the way they receive that information. But it could be as simple as feeling something. So you open up to it and maybe you just are starting to feel your body more or you're starting to feel energy around your body more. And then it just starts to expand from there. That is so cool. That is so cool. So I'm curious, who have you seen working with the records that might not even call it the records? Does that make sense? Oh my God, yes. I see filmmakers, storytellers. So people who are writing books, people who are making films. I'm like, oh my God, this is Akasha. And it blows me away. I believe that people in the medical profession are really tuned in and working with the records, right? But they're, they may also be incorporating more of this like scientific approach into this energy. It's really funny. I was going to say lawyers. I don't even know where that came from. Love that. I love <laughs> It is true. You know, everybody is tuned into it. We tend to see it more with individuals who are creatives or healers, but we also see it with individuals who are more strategic and, you know, can really bring in a part of their professional expertise to this energy that exists and has always been there. So for example, let's just say like a civil rights attorney, what you feel passionate about, and then you then train yourself to be able to do in a skillful way comes from the records. You would not feel about something or someone if it didn't exist at a soul level. So a lot of what is the driving force for the things that we do come from this history of our life experiences. So not everybody believes in past lives. And I know that can be a little daunting and overwhelming. It's kind of ironic. I didn't know that was what the records included. But the, but the record perspective is that life never dies. So even when we leave this physical incarnation, that essence, that spirit, that life of us, it continues on in other ways. And then it selects new incarnations so that at a soul level, we can continue to evolve. And that's a lot of why we've been able to access the records at this time. It's to be more aware of who we are at that level so that some of the choices and decisions can be informed from that level, that level of just knowing the soul, like the soul's experiences. Wow. That's so cool. Do you think that like centuries ago that they were tapped in and they like just didn't even question it (laughs) or they were so connected that like they didn't need a teacher? Yeah, exactly. 
I definitely do believe that. And I also believe that over time, there have been scholars, religious figures, they sort of like took control of this resource and like, and we're trying to really dominate, manage it and take it away from lay people. And it's almost like now there's an emergence of us reclaiming, like, this is ours. This is not just for you or you. Like, this is ours. We get to have a relationship with it. And I think that's what's important about this, like, new generation, especially with the the new work that I'm doing. It doesn't have to look one way. And I really want everybody to experience that for themselves. I love that. As someone that stumbled upon the Linda House prayer and was like, I'm just going to do this. And then I did it and nothing happened. And I was like, well, that's not for me. Like, it's it's so funny to think that it would just be in one prayer for me. And then also so sad that I would just be like, okay, well, that wasn't for me. And I'll just let other people do it for me, which is great. It's a kind of a quicker connection. But for me to just be like, no, I'm done. It's like, it, that's so that's so sad. It could be something that's cultivated over many years. I don't even know. I know. I know. That's such a, oh, that like breaks my heart because that's a lot of the struggle that I would see in in the students that didn't connect with the work or with the way of accessing, I should say. And then I was like, wait a minute. No, 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 no. That's not how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. So, okay. Before we get into different ways to connect, I would love to just hear how did you find the records? What, like, what was your own journey to finding your unique way to read them? Oh, it's so exciting. I was doing a session for a client and in the session, she was asking how she could have a more visceral connection to her guides. And this was like at the, this was in the winter last year. And in her reading, normally when I'm reading someone at the time, I communicated with their masters, teachers, and loved ones. And so whenever I access someone's records, their masters, teachers, and loved ones are facing them. They feel like they're above my crown and they're facing that person, whether that person is physically in front of me or not. They never face me. And so what happened in the session when she asked that question was, it was like they turned around and they faced me and they said, now it's time to do your work. And I was like, oh my God. And so I said to my client, okay. I know how I can help you, but I need some time to flesh this out, you know? <laughs> and this where it was always there. It was always in the works, but it was like dormant. I didn't know. I didn't know how it was going to come together. But I knew when they said that to me, and her and I are very close. So when they said that to me, I knew what they were talking about, even though I didn't know how it was going to look. So I spent some time working in my own records. And the first thing that we did is we created the personal pathway blueprint, which is just a suggested structure so that somebody can create their own invocation to work in the records or wherever they want to work. It's not just limited to the records. So they gave me this blueprint and I was like so ready to share with my client, but they were like, no, no, no. If you're going to be teaching people how to do this, you need to do this first. And so then I was like so nervous and scared and excited and giddy. And I'm like, okay. So uh, I used the blueprint and I essentially, I reflected and I answered on these questions that are in the blueprint. And then you you put all your, your answers and your reflections down. You extract the questions and then you're kind of left with this like, I don't know, jumble of words. 
So then what you do is you start editing each line to create a cadence and a flow. It kind of feels like a poem or a song or, you know, I call it an invocation. And, and then what you have is this, it's essentially this activation or this channel so that you can start working in the records. Well, one of the things that I wanted to do was work with the source of the records. So I was like, okay, I want to know, like, where did this come from? Like, because, you know, this thing didn't just show up. And I am always like, I want to get to the heart of it. So with my pathway, I specifically access the source of the Akashic records. And when I'm in the records for myself or other individuals, I work with masters, teachers, and ancestors, in addition to guardians. And so they each have their own area of expertise. Guardians, they're really like the protectors of the records. And they just let me to have like sort of like a shoulder view with them as they're pulling information from the records. It's like I get to see it. Then it comes down to the masters. Masters, they've known us since the inception of our soul. And so it's kind of like they they speak very metaphorically, very poetic, actually kind of like meta. Like sometimes you're like, wow, that is not earth-based at all because they've known us forever So at at a soul level, so I do appreciate their perspective. And then there's teachers who are lesson specific. Ancestors are inclusive of loved ones. And I, and I really wanted to get in touch with ancestors because of who we evolved to be up to this point in this lifetime. And I really wanted to access their expertise and their knowledge of who we've become. So those are the groups that I work with when I'm in the records. That is so cool. That is so cool. And I've heard that there's other groups. Is that correct? Oh, so with this personal pathway blueprint, you can connect and communicate with whoever you want to work with. Some people don't know. They're like, I don't know who I want to connect and work with. And so it can be something as simple as like their guides. Like, let's start there. But I really do ask people to search their heart and to see on a non-physical level, who would I want to communicate with? or connect with. Like if I dialed and someone was on the other line picking up, who do I want to hear from? You get to choose whoever you want to work with. Some people want to work with angels. Some work with galactic beings of light. They work with different councils. Some people work with different civilizations. I mean, it's like the sky is the limit, which can be overwhelming. That's why I really ask people to just search their heart. Because whatever comes from the heart is going to be like, it can be exactly what it needs to be. That is so cool. And so what have you seen with this blueprint of like, how are the different ways that people can connect? Oh my God, it's been so extraordinary. The different ways that people connect is so unique to them. Nobody has created something that is like similar to another person's, obviously. But what I see, it's really ranged. So I I worked with one individual who he always wanted the channel open. What I like to do personally is I like to open up to it and close it. He wanted it open at all times. So that was really unique and different. Another individual that I worked with, he's Egyptian. So he wanted to connect with the ancient pharaohs of Egypt. And that was really special to see because I really got to honor this person, their ancestry, their lineage, like what really resonates with them. That was really beautiful. Uh, One of my students, Tatiana Johnson, she's also the community manager. She works in the holographic records. 
the holographic records like library of the cosmos and so hers is so much more expansive but it's also not so far from us the akashic records are an aspect within the holographic records yeah it's more vast i've also had some students that just want to work with angels if formerly we have been trained that the, that angels are not in the records but then I would have experiences in other individuals' records where angels would come through. And they can come through, right? There's no boundary. There's nothing that is limiting them from coming through. But the previous trainings have been, that's not what the records are. But then you're having that experience and you're like, but, ah, I'm conflicted. I don't know. And so now with this new work, it's like, no, you get to decide. So if you want to work with angels, you work with angels. I have some students that are accessing fairies, like one, another client who she wanted to incorporate magic, which I, which I thought was really unique. I don't know why she like really wanted magic in her pathway. And I'm like, wow, that's so unique because we normally associate magic with like, I think of a magician, right? It's like a trick, like, oh, wow. You know, but the way that she understood it, what that meant to her was something so different. So I, it was really beautiful to see her honor that and incorporate that. Oh man, I have another student. She specifically accesses Mayans, civilizations, things like that. Like, again, like it's so personal. I just based on like who we are culturally, like what surrounds us, how we've come to be, that all gets worked in. That is so cool. I'm so inspired. And they're so lucky to work with you to like pull that out of them. I love that. Okay. So tell us about the first time that you got it when you connected to your own records and what, like, what was the work that you were doing before Akashic Records? Yeah, I was producing and I was developing a film that was based on a true story. It was two teenage British sisters who were sold into marriage in the Yemen by their father. And there's three books, a documentary. It, it was true. So I was so moved by it. I was working at a production company in development. Somebody pitched me the story. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. We have to turn it into a film. My boss said, it's not for me, but, you're, but I can see you're really passionate about it. You do it. So I went into development on that project for several years. I optioned the book. And what ended up happening was the literary agent told me I needed to purchase the book rights. I didn't have the money, so I lost everything. So all of those years of just like pouring myself into this was completely ripped out from under me. So I was in this darkness. Honestly, I couldn't see. I didn't know why I was here. I started asking these bigger questions like, why am I here? What am I supposed to do? And I wanted to figure out what that was and I wanted to do it. I didn't want to waste any more time. Not that that was a waste of time, but to pour myself into something that did not come to fruition was devastating. So I was really, really in a dark place. I did not know what the heck I was doing. So I had a reading. And this wasn't my first reading. It was my third reading. And I had like one reading a year. And so this was my third reading. And I just was like, what am I doing? And the guidance that came through was, 
You are a storyteller, but this is not your story to tell. And I mean, I can't believe that I let go of like that project and all the just like tears and sweat that went into it, but I let it go and I never really looked back. Like I look back and I think, well, maybe one day that will resurface. But the truth is, it really does resonate with me that that's not my story to tell. So after that reading, I told the practitioner, you know, these are so healing. I want to do this for other people. She connected me to her teacher. I took a class. And when I accessed the records for the first time, I was so tripped up on the words that I didn't actually access them. Well, I probably was there, but I was like, so in my head, I'm like, what are these words that I'm saying? Like, I don't resonate with these words. So the homework was go home, you know, use this prayer. Here's some questions. I went home, I did it. And I think that I needed to be in my own space because the moment that I announced the records were open, I could feel on the top of my crown this opening. And then all this energy was rushing through. Kind of felt like a waterfall. And then I started to hear all of these voices. Like I'd never, ever heard anything like that in my life. And they were talking so fast. And I was like, oh my God. I went back and I told my teacher, you know, your prayer works, but there's too many. They talk too fast. She said, tell them to speak as one, ask them to slow down. And so then I started to develop a relationship with this, with this energy. That was what I experienced the first time that I accessed them. Not everyone is clairaudient. So the, my, the first way that I can sense and receive is, is audio. And it sounds like my inner voice. But really what's happening is there's this channel that we are using to communicate. So I can tell the difference between Helen's inner voice that's like going up through the channel to to ask a question. And then I can tell the difference from their voice, which is in that same inner channel, which then sounds like me and is coming down. So it's very difficult for individuals to trust that as not being themselves. So it's kind of a process that someone has to work through if that is the way that they receive the energy. But that's the truth. I don't hear an outside voice. It's not in a different tone or cadence or vibration. It is inside of me. Wow. And previously before this, I've heard that you had a very strong Buddhist practice. And I'm curious, how do you think that that practice influenced this like you were accessing the record? It actually helped. And I didn't realize it at the time how much of a role it played in this whole experience of working in the records. That was just always like the spiritual side of me, you know? I always thought that was separate. And that like me as a filmmaker, that was the other part of me, like being creative. And then I just felt like another part of me was like the very practical, skillful, whatever. And I always thought those things were separate. And so when I was practicing Buddhism, part of that practice was chanting a mantra. And I also had studied the philosophy, of course, for for many, many years. And so I had all of this like study as a part of my foundation. I mean, several years of it, which is like comparable to getting a master's degree. So I have this like study, this practical application, and also this practice of doing it. Towards the end of me practicing Buddhism, because I don't actively practice anymore, I felt like when I was chanting, people were communicating with me who are going to die. So my grandmother, she was actually transitioning and I was chanting for her and I heard her talk to me. And then another friend of mine 
also transitioning, I was chanting for her. She talked to me. So I thought, oh my God, they are talking to me. How do I access this? And so I would like go to start chanting and I'd be like, all right, who wants to talk to me today? Or how can I talk to you all? And it wasn't working. Like nothing was happening. Then when I learned how to use this prayer, Linda House prayer to work in the records, then it was the key to communication. So if I wanted to talk to the soul of another person, I could. I just would ask them to step forward. So I didn't have the tool. Chanting was not the tool. Chanting was the opening to me discovering what tool would be the best method. But then even then, you know, I'm so grateful that the work has evolved up to this point because now I literally have my own tool which is more of a vibrational match for me. I feel like it's like by building that practice, it allowed you to access the records in my mind so quickly. Yeah. (laughs) And efficiently. (laughs) It's really cool. Yeah, it really did. So some of my other friends who practiced Buddhism with me, I taught them how to read the records. They got it like that. There was something about us practicing that helped us in accessing the records, but that was just our path. You know, the the practice for us was a part of who we were. And so it just felt like the, the natural evolution. What I say now is whatever anyone's spiritual practice is, I mean, that could be like painting, writing, yoga, working out. Well, I don't know, gardening, like whatever your way of communing with your spirit, the spirit beyond you, that is the practice that that you use to then amplify the work that you do in the records consciously. So it's really just, it, it's there for everyone. That is amazing. Cultivate gardening and y'all cultivate your records. I love that. <laughs> it's so cool. So I'm curious and feel free, you do not have to answer this question, but I am curious now that you're accessing the records and you're reading and you're teaching, you're doing all these things, you're in the records. How do you look at Buddhism? Like how has that changed for you? So Buddhism it's still very much a part of me that's alive. It just comes out in these new ways. So the things that I've learned through my study, it's like the wisdom, specifically the wisdom of the Lotus Sutra, because that's the the teaching that I studied. So it just is there and it comes out and it's influenced in everything that I do. But the actual act of practicing, like sitting down to practice, now there's a little bit of, it's very difficult for me to do it. And I asked in my records why, and they they shared that I'm already in a meditative state. So the practice of chanting was to support me in being in a meditative state of being. And so now that that's really been integrated into my life, When I go to meditate, it's like two of the same sides of a magnet trying to come together. And there's just a little bit of like dance. And so it it is very hard for me to like sit down and chant. And so what I find now is my meditation is that I open up my records and I make it more thoughtful, more intentional, as opposed to like chanting for some of the things that I desire and I want to see in my life. Now I'm actually asking, how can I take action? What are my action steps? So this thing that I want to experience or manifest or whatever, they will reveal the necessary steps, which are very funny. 
I'm like, I want new friends. What can I do? They're like, go take a walk outside. And I'm like, how's that going to give me friends? <laughs> but it moves the energy, you know? And it just so happened on my walk today, I saw this flyer for an LGBTQ comedy show on Saturday night. And I was like, I am going. I'm going to make some friends. I'm going to be by myself. Oh, my God. You know? Give anything, maybe I'll get some good laughs, you know? I love that. So you went on the walk. We'll see what happens. We don't know. We're open. <laughs> That's so exciting. So I'm curious, and this kind of touches on that, but how has your life changed since accessing the records? And what changes have you seen in clients and students? Oh, my God. Just like transformation, total transformation. Because what happens is, like, we may feel stuck or blocked, or even in pain around something, and we go to the records and they illuminate why we're having that experience. And it's like imagining a a flower. And you know how sometimes there's like petals on the outside that can like dry up and shrivel and like just fall off. And, And when those do, like new petals can emerge and blossom. That's sort of what happens in terms of this transformation. It's like whatever no longer is meant to be a part of our life or our experience, when we address it and we're able to let it go or it lets go, then there's just new blossoming that emerges. So I've just seen lives radically transform to probably experiencing a deeper level of self-love and confidence that then is attracting different relationships and opportunities and experiences. Your awareness is elevated and it's almost as if you can start to see things at a different level that you haven't been able to see before. For me personally, the life that I'm experiencing now, it's transformed so much since before I started working the records. When I was in film, it was really unfulfilling when I was physically producing, like we were in production, I would get four hours of sleep. So I'd be like working 20 hour days. Oh, and the sleep was like traumatizing. Like it was really painful to go to sleep for those four hours. You know, (laughs) I was so uncomfortable. And then you're on set and it's like, hurry up and wait. And then you're, it's just like this battle of like, oh my God, this is so hard. I don't know what to do. I was so unfulfilled. So now I'm working in the records and working with people and I I feel so fulfilled, you know, like there's such a radical difference in the work that I'm doing to help someone or to help someone tell their own story, like their story and live their story, their life, as opposed to like doing this like very superficial storytelling, which was like recreating. I mean, even if it was a meaningful story, you know. It's like we're telling someone else's story. Like, why not tell ours? So I still love film, but uh, film and, and TV. But that was a really big change. And then also the relationships in my life completely transformed. So I had certain relationships that actually were really negative and would bring me down and just made, would make me feel really bad. And I sometimes think, why am I in this friendship when I feel like garbage? So the records helped me see that. And I started to, like, I started to slowly let go, not to confront, but just like make myself less available and open myself up to 
relationships that may not have been there, but just that now there's a space to fill where I'm looking for someone who can maybe be positive or be inspiring. And then those relationships started to come in and really became very abundant. And I think that's also how I was able to teach and share the records to so many people. Because it's like you really start to attract. And, And also the records, it's work. So the records are not just like, give me the strategy so I can have the things I desire. The records are our tr- transformation it's development it's healing like you're you're not going to get it's like it's not smooth sailing like you're not going to just get what you want magically you know you you're going to transform at, a, at at such a deep level that the thing that you want you don't have to go for it's just going to come to you and that's the beauty of engaging in the records so cool. It's I feel like it's like a zig and a zag, but you're kind of going forward. <laughs> That's awesome. Yep, not a straight line. It's not a straight line. If only. <laughs> no, we don't actually I don't actually want that, but like part of me does and, you know, that's the work. <laughs> It's funny. I, I often had thought, like, I never want to come back to Earth again. <laughs> like, it's so hard here. I don't want to come back. But having access to the records in this way has been like, well, you know what? If I came back, it wouldn't be that bad. Oh my god! I would have, I would have something that could help me. Helen, that's transformative. Serious. I just got chills. I've like spent like the first twenty years of my life being like, why, like. Why? This just isn't fair. Like, all of this is so hard. <laughs> I know. I love that so much. You would, you would come back. You elect to come back. That's a big deal. I know. Secretly, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> You're like, wait, really? Did I just say that? <laughs> I love that. So I've heard you talk about maintenance in the records and, like, checking in on – or, like, it'll be some time and you'll be like, okay, I got to get back to the records. I'm curious, what's that about? And like, what happens when you're checking in that like you have to keep coming back to them? That's a really great question. So on the earth plane, we have to let things unfold. And it's almost as if once those unfold, okay, now I have like the the tangible experience or just like understanding to then go back in so I can get a little bit more guidance and direction or clarity or whatever. So I'm going to actually use an example. I launched my new work first as a teacher training, and I wanted to share it with former students of mine because I knew they had the training skills gifts. The work is a little bit more advanced, although I'm designing it so somebody who is a beginner for the records can can come to it. But I wanted to launch it in that way so that I... I had support, you know, so I launched the program (laughs) and the first course happened a month ago. And after I was done teaching it, I was feeling all of this resistance energetically. It was really uncomfortable. And I was like, oh, however, none of my students came forward to express anything. Like they might have had questions about things and said, oh, Helen, I'm having some resistance. What do I do about this? You know, and I would lightly, lightly touch on it, but I could feel things happening at a deeper level. So what could have been really easy for me is to go on my records and be like, what's going on here? But the truth is I needed them to come to me. So 
nobody was doing anything. So I felt really uncomfortable for all that time. Then finally, one student came forward and she expressed what she was going through and that it was very uncomfortable for her. And she shared that. And then her and I communicated a little bit back and forth. Ultimately, she decided the program wasn't a right fit for her and that she wanted to not continue on with us. Then I went to my records and I was like, okay, what's going on? And they shared with me what was going on. And it was so helpful. But you have to let things on the earth plane unfold. You know, it's like, yeah, like in ether, in theory, you can get some information and guidance and it will be really supportive. But if it isn't really showing up, it's almost like not a full circle. It is this beautiful dance between this like non-physical and physical world. And you just have to let it continue to evolve and show up. And so that's why you just continue to check in whenever you need to check in. There's no schedule. Like it could be six months before some, you know, someone opens their records again or whatever. I mean, a really great thing is that when you're working in the records, you do start to resolve a lot of the bullshit that's going on in your life. (laughs) And then you're like, oh, cool. Like I'm coasting. And then, you know, lo and behold, something will happen. (laughs) I thought I dealt with this. Well, it turns out, you know, there's another layer that's revealed. Wow. Oh, so cool. Never. It's all unfolding. I love that. I love the unfolding. You have to like let things unfold on the earth plane. That is just like such a good reminder to me because I can want to live in the Akash. Like I, so Jess Briggs, how we met each other. I just want to honor her while we're talking and she's just amazing. And I've also gotten a reading from Tatiana Johnson. So I love that you just brought her up. Yeah. She gave me a light reading. It was so so cool. But yeah, so working with Jess, I'm always like, okay, but like, can I just see you again? Like, <laughs> are we, can I, is it time? <laughs> Tell me what to do. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I always say like, whenever you get the nudge from your soul, you know, it's like time. But honestly, that's why I'm so passionate about teaching. It's like, oh my God, check in as many times as you want, you know, like have this tool just to do it. Sometimes I'll open up my records like several times a day, but it's like, I got to check in on one little thing and then I got to take care of something. And I'm like, ah, oh, I got to go back in. And sometimes it can be like a couple weeks. I feel like time is just such an earth concept. Oh yeah. They have no concept. They tell me how long <laughs> an exercise is going to be when I'm guiding students through an exercise. They're like, oh, 20 to 25 minutes, an hour and 15 minutes later. I'm like, you guys, uh, come on. <laughs> Must be so nice for them. I know. I'm thinking maybe it's 20 to 25 minutes for you, but you know. I'm there. Yeah. 15. Oh my God. That's so funny. Love love you guys. Thank you. It's <laughs> oh. oh, so good. Well, this has just been the most amazing conversation. I am so glad that you came on the show. I'm curious, do you have anything else to share with us? Anyone that's for anyone that's trying to read their records or interested in learning more? Yes. Oh my gosh, Sarah. I just, you know, I made the blueprint available on my website. So under the about tab, you'll see like a personal pathway blueprint and it's um, all there in text, but then towards the bottom, you can just click a button and it'll be a PDF. But I just encourage anyone that's curious, like whether you are experienced, whether you're coming to this for the first time, 
just download the blueprint and start reflecting on the question. Once you once you've gathered those reflections, you just take the questions away and you're left with ultimately what will become your pathway, your invocation. And there's no right or wrong answer. Everyone is welcome. And I just want to I just want to share that with the world really. I know sometimes it takes an additional level of support because you know, we might feel a little intimidated and not know where to begin or is this is this the right answer? Is this the wrong answer? So I just, I'm like, just reflect, you know, if nothing else, like become aware of the questions and just let like the life around you reflect some of those answers. I love that so much. Like I, I feel like I'm constantly in a co-creative relationship with life because what's really funny is the other day I was, I was driving to do Pilates and as I was driving in, I saw the logo for dry bar and I was like driving in, I parked my car, I walked down into the Pilates studio and then on the counter they have this huge bowl of like dry shampoo and $10 off your first dry bar visit. So dry bar had just opened. And so, you know, I don't know if I'll ever get a blow dry, but but what was so cool was when I was driving in, whatever that was got my attention. And then I was in the studio and I got a free dry shampoo, whatever. And so life is always, it's like communicating with us and we just become aware of it. And so with the blueprint, like you read over those questions, like life will start dropping the answers. Like we'll see it. And then when you see it, just make sure you write it down. (laughs) I love that. Remember it. (laughs) That's so cool. So I will link that below for anyone that is interested in doing the blueprint. That is an amazing resource. So thank you. I can't wait. And how can listeners follow along with what you're up to? Well, there's two places that I, I can recommend. The first being Instagram. I'm not so active on Instagram right now. The most active place to stay abreast of everything happening is probably by signing up for the newsletter. So we have a way that you can sign up for our newsletter on my website. And that is like my first resource to really update everybody on on like classes because I'll be offering this new work in the fall. So if people want to actually take the, the personal pathway classes in a group setting, that's going to be in October and November this year. And that's usually my first place of notifying people of like what's happening. And then I'll turn to social media like Instagram first. Love that. So um, what is your website? So my website is justbetruetoyou.com. And it's B-E-E, like a bumblebee, true, the number two, and then Y-O-U. I'm actually building a new website, HelenVonderheide.com, but I feel like it's going to take me a while before it's like ready to go. But yeah, just be true to you. It was like cute when I did it. And now it's just, it's, it's complicated. (laughs) I love it though. And what is your Instagram? So the Instagram is my name. So it's at Helen Vonderheide. And I think that if people wanted to find me on Facebook, it's just be true to you, the, the Akashic stuff. Amazing. All the ways to find Helen. This is great. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's been amazing having you on the show. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. That's it for today's show. Thank you so, so, so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed. 
If you have a moment and you're in the Apple Podcast app, please rate and review the show. I could really use all the ratings I can get. And share this episode with a friend that may benefit from it. You never know. And of course, hit subscribe to keep up with new weekly episodes. Until next week, visit sarahcohan.com, that's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com to find other podcast episodes. And you can find Lit AF on Instagram at It's Me, Sarah Cohan, and you can also find me on Clubhouse. Thank you again for listening. Please stay lit, Lit AF, and I hope to see you back here next week.